This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey everyone, welcome to the 2018 season of Baja SAE Shop Talk and Formula SAE FastCast podcast. We are going to be doing our very first joint podcast today. You've got Amanda and Sarah here from the CDS team, and we will be talking today about registration, kind of the new stuff that's coming with registration and some of the old tips that every team should know in order to have a successful team registration in early October. So first, I want to bring Sarah in. Hey, Sarah, say hi. Hello, everybody. (laughs) All right. So we're going to fly through some of the really easy stuff that you guys can do to get yourselves set up to have a successful registration. First things first, no registration dates. Sarah, do you want to talk about the registration dates real quick? Give the schedule. Uh, Registration will be opening up the first week of October. Um, We have Baja opening on the 3rd and uh, Formula is opening up on the 4th of October, which is Wednesday. Both will be at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, so we can talk a little bit about um, that process later in the podcast, but it's really easy. As long as you have it on your calendar and you don't forget, uh, you guys are prepared, you have your accounts in order, you should be good to go. Speaking of having your accounts in order, after you put it on your calendar, make sure you go onto the event page at sae.org. Pick your event that you're planning on attending. If you're planning on attending multiple, it's cool. Just pick one of them. It doesn't matter. It's all going to give you the same information back. And you go to the registration tab. That's going to show you the verification tool. It's in a little box. Um, I think it's got a blue header and it's a gray box. And you log in to your SAE.org account and it's going to show you your school name. If your university name is correct and it displays, then you're good to go. You should be good to register on October 3rd or 4th. Just make sure your your account isn't going to, your membership won't expire or anything like that. But otherwise, you're good. If it says anything else in there except your university, there's a little guide within the FAQ page that is on the right side. You're going to click on the FAQs, and it'll tell you exactly what you need to be looking for. So sometimes it's your university is incorrectly affiliated to your account. Sometimes you have no university affiliation to your account. If you're an international student, there could be some issues there. So just make sure there's no red text. As long as it says your university, you're good to go. If not, head over to the FAQ page and we can get your account worked out. Anything else on that, Sarah? No, there's nothing else other than, I guess, um, I know that some students seem to get confused that when they first log into SAE.org, they, it brings you to a main page that is, I think it's called My SAE or something, and it shows you your membership and how it's uh, when it's due to expire and everything. And some students tend to think that that is their profile page for some reason. The only thing that's good with that page, I mean, I'm sure lots of things are good with it, but (laughs) the thing that's good with that is that you can see, like Amanda said, uh, whether or not your membership is due to expire soon. Um, Other than that, once you do navigate over to your profile page, um, you should see your team name there. And like Amanda said, if you don't, um, the FAQ should be able to help you. And if not, feel free to reach out to us um, and ask us, for questions or for help at collegiate competitions at sae.org. Definitely don't be afraid to reach out to us, but also on that same note, please, please, please make sure you don't reach out the day before competition opens for registration or, or like literally last minute, you know, every year we have people reach out last minute and then they get upset when we aren't able to help them 
be in enough time when in reality, you know, we've got a lot of things going on to make sure that we set up a successful registration for everyone, you know, just be responsible. Yeah, it only disappoints the students, unfortunately, when that happens. So as long as you have a few people on your team, anybody who's trying to register should have their account in order and should have the dates on their calendar. Registration itself is very simple. Two hours before registration, a countdown to registration button, it's a little orange button just like all of our buttons are, is going to pop up on the students.sae.org slash CDS page. So it's the event schedule page. It also will pop up on the registration tab within the specific event that you're going to and on the series schedule page. So for example, for Baja, it would be students.sae.org slash CDS slash Baja SAE. There's multiple places. They're all going to take you to the same place. So all those orange buttons that say countdown to registration is going to pop up a, a countdown clock two hours before. This clock is tied directly to our database clock. So you're going to see it counting down, counting down, counting down. We have made some upgrades to our database this year to alleviate some of the traffic that comes in. Um, that was a direct result of last year. And I think that we're really happy with it and we, we should see some, a smoother registration process from the database side. So you're going to see a countdown clock. This is where you do not want to hit refresh. As we get closer to 10 o'clock, it's going to flip over to a register button. If everybody's refreshing at the same time, there's not going to be an opportunity for the, the system to refresh. It's going to shut everyone down. Essentially, the system thinks that we're under a DDoS attack. So don't do that. Let it go. Let it expire. Let it flip to the registration button. Click the registration button, and that's going to show you the registration page. Very easy on that page. You're going to pick your class, which for Formula and Baja, there is no class. It's just going to be CAT, which means category. And then you're also going to enter your team name and select your role within the team. Hit your two options, which are pay now or pay later. If you choose pay now, it doesn't stop you from securing your spot. You're still going to have a spot whether you choose pay now or pay later. As soon as you hit that button and the database accepts it, you're good to go. Your spot's secure. If you are going to pay now, you can continue on to pay. If you're going to pay later, um, you're going to wait, have to wait 24 hours for your invoice to generate, but after that, you can pay. In regards to your paying now or paying later, regardless of which option you choose, uh, you definitely want to be very careful that you're not pushing that button more than once. Uh, last year, we had a lot of problems with duplicate payments, which some of it was on the part, uh, the fault of SAE, and some of it was on the fault of you guys pushed, get, being super eager to register, which we totally understand. But um, be careful to only push that once um, or else it's possible your card could be charged more than once. Yeah. And when you're talking about registration fees, you know, of thousands of dollars, that's the last thing anybody wants is for $2,000 payments on their credit card. So one of the things that's going to be a little bit different this year is duplicate team names. So Baja, this doesn't affect you, but it will affect formula. If you have an IC team and an EV team at your school, you need to coordinate what your team name is going to be. You cannot have the same team name. So when we flip over to CDS Web, which is the FSAEonline.com, the database needs to see two separate team names. So go ahead and make sure that you're talking about that ahead of time. You're going to get an error if you're the second team from your university to register with the same team name. So 
as long as you've got that in order, you shouldn't see that error. That's a change that we've made this year that affected quite a few teams in the past, and we want to make sure that everybody gets ahead of that and and knows exactly what they're typing in. You should know exactly what you're trying to type in anyways. Once you type in your team name, you can't edit it, so you have to contact us to edit it. So don't don't just type in the first thing that you think of, right, or A, right? Make sure you're putting in a real team name. So another new thing is early registration. Sarah, do you want to talk about that process? Uh, sure. So early registration, uh, in the past, we've done um, where SAE will register you on the back end. Uh, the new cool thing this year that we have um, starting for 2018's registration and then hopefully moving forward is that the students can actually, those who pre-qualified to uh, pre-register for any of the Baja or Formula events can actually pre-register themselves the week leading up to registration. So there will be more information about that on the website. But um, so, you know, now it's it's just like regular registration. Um, you'll be able to log in and register just like normal. Um, the only difference is for formula, if you were a top 10 finisher at Formula Michigan and Formula Lincoln, um, just like in previous years, you'll have to choose which one you want to um, select because you cannot pre-register for both of them. And, and the website will stop that. So don't try. Make sure you register for uh, the one you want. And then for Baja, this is actually uh, entirely new this year. Um, we've never pre-registered students for teams for Baja ever. Um, and how that works is that the top 10 finishers from each competition last year will uh, have the opportunity to pre-register at that given Baja. And they can pre-register for all three if they wish. They don't have to, um, if you've finish top three and all three. But more communication on that will be posted on the website and uh, direct communication with uh, 2017's team captains will also be happening. So um, you'll be aware about all of that soon. And like I said, that'll be opening up the week before pre-registration or regular registration. The one thing that I do want to add to this is that the way the system knows that you're a pre-registered team is because you are a top finisher from a previous year. So what that means for you is that you can only pre-register for the event that correlates to the event that you won last year. So if you were in the top 10 in California, you're going to be pre-registering for Oregon. It is Kansas and Kansas, California and Oregon, and then Illinois and Maryland. So if you were in more than one top 10 for Baja, that's fine. You'll have it for multiple events, but just be sure you're aware of exactly what you're looking for um, because of the, the way the locations shift. We want to make sure everybody knows that. One other thing that I wanted to talk about for the registration process itself is the idea of the wait list. So this is an idea that we introduced a couple years ago, and it's really helped dozens of teams get to competition who otherwise wouldn't have been able to go because there were spots that were given up or lost from other teams. If you're in the process of registering and the competition sells out, you'll be asked if you want to join the wait list. All you have to do is click the button, fill out the information like you would normally, and you'll be registered on the wait list. What I do want to make sure people understand is that you still have to actually click the button. Just because it asks you doesn't mean that it's going to record you as a wait list team. 
the way the waitlist works is you act as if you're a real team. You submit all your documents as needed. And then as teams drop off, those spots will be offered to the, the waitlist in the order that they have been recorded. So as our database records it, you'll see it when you go on the registered teams list at the bottom. The waitlist list itself is going to be in order from the first to be offered a spot to the last to be offered a spot. So I think that it's, um, it's we've really made it a simple process as long as you understand the, the rules. And there is an FAQ on this that you can go and make sure you read if you do end up being a waitlist team. So you're very well aware of all of the, the policies that go along with being a waitlist team. Sarah, is there anything else you want to add to this? So like Amanda said, you'll be able to refer to the um, waitlist FAQ. And then also when you sign up for the uh, waitlist or for regular registration, you should be getting an email back uh, confirming that upon registration. The, the most important thing I have to say, it's not so much for like registration week, but once you are a member of that waitlist, you really need to make sure that you understand that whoever, and this is spelled out in a lot of different places, but you need to make sure that you're aware that you as the person who signed up for the waitlist are the only one that's going to be getting communications from us whenever a spot does open. So that means that, you know, if you're a team and you're first, second, third on the waitlist, and we have, you know, a document submission that comes up that a couple teams failed to, to turn in their documents on time, or perhaps a team decided that, you know, they just can't afford it this year and they're going to drop out. We will then email you the one person who registered the team for the waitlist with an offer. If you do not reply within 24 hours, we move on to the next team. We don't, you know, sit around and go back and forth with you or wait. You know, there's way too many teams uh, out there who are dying for this opportunity. So as the person registering the team, you need to make sure that you are aware of the responsibilities that that comes with, because, you know, we've done it. I've personally done it in the past where we've um, skipped a team and offered it to the next person on the wait list. And too bad, so sad. We hate to do that, but, you know, it's the only way that it, it makes the process fair and efficient. Another thing that's new for teams this year is the attending status. So now we're asking teams to indicate who is attending the competition on site and who's just a team member who isn't going to be there. So whenever you affiliate to your team, you're going to have the option to choose whether you're attending competition or not attending competition. That simple. Whenever the fast track roster comes out, it will only show people who are attending the competition. This allows your team members who are not coming to competition to still have access to their participation certificates and still be able to be contacted by sponsors for employment opportunities and that sort of thing. They still get all the same information like the newsletters and that all of the emails that we send out to the teams to keep them informed. They just will not be showing up competition. And we still think there's part of the team and we made the change this year to, to make sure we're including that. We know there's a lot of you that are staying back at the shop or can't make competition for whatever reason. And we're hoping that this can help out uh, in getting you the recognition that you deserve for your project. So that is one change. If you notice anything strange about that, please go ahead and email us. This is a feature that you guys are going to have to give us feedback on. If it was easy, we think it's pretty easy, but um, please keep that communication line open. So one thing I want to add to that is that, uh, like Amanda said, in terms of recognition, that helps, uh, will hopefully help you. But um, just 
sponsors in general. We, you know, sponsors are part of the reason that our programs are so successful. And, um, you know, they are given these lists for contact information and, you know, they could be your future employer. So it's important that this isn't just a feature that you blow off and think, well, I'm not coming. Why would I have to fill that out? It's still important to get your name on there, even if you're not attending and mark yourself as not attending, because then, you know, every little bit helps you. It may be this one instance that gets your name out in front of a potential employer that, you know, you end up working for for the rest of your life or even, you know, a little bit, but it's all great. So definitely make sure that you do that. Amanda also mentioned while she was talking about that, um, the attending competition button, the participation certificates and the confirmation certificates. Um, those are pretty important. Um, I know they tend to confuse students sometimes, and I just want to let you know, regardless of whether you're coming to competition or not, the confirmation certificates are great because they let, you know, you can print off that you did indeed partake in this competition and it can help you get that um, class credit because we know sometimes kids struggle getting their class credit. So that participation certificate can mean the difference. So you want to make sure you get that as soon as you add yourself to your roster, because once we switch over from 2018 to 2019, those certificates are lost. So it's definitely an advantage that you want to take advantage of. Yep. Do it early and just throw it in your portfolio. Keep it there. You never know when an employer is going to ask for some kind of proof that you actually did participate. As our competitions continue to grow and become more sought after, employers are going to have to start kind of filtering out those who who really didn't actually participate. So you've got your participation certificate. You're good to go. One last thing I wanted to make sure everyone is aware of is the idea of transferring your captainship on your CDS website. So when I say CDS website, I mean BajaSAE.net or FSAEonline.com. Last year you had a captain. This year you probably have a new captain. All you need to do is have your old captain approve your new captain as the captain. If you don't know where your old captain is or they're no longer in contact or whatever the situation might be, we actually can't help you. The way that you can help yourself is to get your invoice number from your new registration. So you'll have to wait till October to do this. Get your invoice number and you'll be able to add yourself as a captain using that invoice number. There's two different ways to get your captainship transferred there, but this is one of those things that I feel like students forget about. And in reality, you can do it at the end of the year. So just do it right now. Get it out of the way. That way you can add new people that need to be submitting rules questions who need to be submitting documents, that kind of stuff. So get it out of the way, be done with it while you have your brain still intact before you start designing and building and staying up way too late and spending all your time in the shop. So I know everyone laughed because they're still doing all those things right now. (laughs) Just wanted to remind you guys that we'll be doing Facebook Live again this year. It was extremely helpful last year, I think, to keep everyone informed. And you guys make us laugh a lot, even in the face of turmoil, I will say. Hopefully this year goes much smoother. I feel really confident that um, we have kind of identified some of the the issues and then fixed them. So thanks again for being patient last year. Thanks again for all your feedback this year. And we'll see you guys in October. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCats. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at formulaSAE at sae.org. 
The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.